Hey everybody, you're Luke McElroy from Mess Performance Consulting. Welcome back to another episode of the Physiology Secrets Podcast. Joined again today by Nick Jane Koskis. Today we're going to talk about uh, field testing versus laboratory testing and also generic heart rate training zones versus measured heart rate training zones. Um, first of all, Nick, do you want to go through the two or three generic, most common generic heart rate training zones that we might find if we go for a Google search? Yeah, so the, the first one that you're most going to find and the one that most people know is the 220 minus your age formula. So 220 minus however old you are, so if you're 40s age, minus 40, um, it's going to give you an estimated maximum heart rate. Um, the the next one is a variation on that. It's point, or is it? Uh, 206 takeaway. 206 minus 0.8 times your age. So it's a slight variation on that formula, but again, very similar principle. We're we're just taking a, it almost seems like a bit of a stab in the dark type number, minus then um, factor in a bit of age and and a bit of variance there. Probably ends up being a very similar result to what 220 minus your age is, but it does factor in a little bit more sort of detail to it and it refines it. I think it's better for younger, young, older, older population. Older, yeah. older where the heart rate might end up being really low. Like if you're 220 minus 60 or 220 minus 70, it's going to be really, really a low number. Yeah. It could be like 140 beats where you could actually get to like 160. I think the most common was that 220 minus your age would. Um, underestimate the older population and over, potentially overestimate the younger population, saying that a, a, you know a lot of eighteen-year-olds can't get above two hundred and three beats or yeah, two hundred and two beats, sorry, for example. Can, yeah. And then the other method, two two hundred six minus zero point eight times age, is a little bit better for that older population. So. Kind of, again, <laughs> generic. Yeah. It comes down to it. Um, and quickly go through the math the, method, which is... Yeah, so the last popular. one is the, the math method, which is used really popularly, I guess. A lot of people have used it before, which is the 180 minus your age, and there's a little bit of individual tweaking to it as well, but essentially based off a slightly different different set of equations. We're dropping the number down to 180, but still following that same principle, just minusing age. So all in all, we've got three formulas that are, are going to give us some sort of result in terms of telling us, telling us some heart rate information and then estimating heart rate zones, um, but they're all just based off your age and there's no real factoring in of individual differences and it's really just a big spread of what we might see across the, the whole broad spectrum of the population. It just fits one big portion. And if you're on those outlying portions, which you can get to a second in terms of the distribution side yeah. of things, it, it really does start to struggle on those, those sides of things. So generically, they work reasonably well. Um, but it's not going to fit. It's not going to fit everyone. The subtle differences between people is where we start to get caught up in a bit of difficulty with these types of formulas. And I think the key word that the, the, the key issue is in the key word of generic. Mm. Um, anybody watching this, like you, obviously take your training somewhat seriously. Like you, um, generic. It, it's so easy to not be generic yeah. that it doesn't make sense to, to use a generic equation. Um, if you want to know your max heart rate, whether you come to us or whether you go do it outside yourself with a heart rate monitor, you can find what your max heart rate is, a yeah. true maximum heart rate. You don't need yeah. to rely on an equation. So as we said, the 220 minus your age and the 206 minus 0.8 times age, um, th- that's validated. But you've got to understand when it's validated, it's standard deviation. So it's going to work really well, reasonably well for 68% of the population. Mm. But then the other 34% is going to be 32%. It's going to be significantly wrong. Take Paul Dimpses, for example, yeah. 40-year-old bloke that, that, that we coach, you know, he gets, he's got a really high heart, max heart rate. He holds about 215 at his max. Yep. So you do 220 minus age, saying his max heart rate's gonna be 180, where it's actually 215. Yep. So good luck doing a zone two run at whatever that prescribed intensity is, because mm. for him it's gonna be a fast walk. Well, flip side as well, like I think Lionel Sanders is a good example from a professional athlete perspective. Tyler was talking about the other day with um, some of his like Zwift racing that he's done 
they're like concerned about what his data is actually doing because he's putting out all this power mm, but, or, or like max efforts but his heart rate's only getting to like 150 160 whereas the others are getting to 180 190 um he's on the other end of the spectrum where it's like yeah he's just got this really low heart rate just crazy amount of volume so some of these equations are probably going to be the other way and, and sort of telling oh your max heart rate should be up here it's like well no i'm actually somewhere in that 150 160 sort it's of range. same with chris frew i read somewhere that his mm. max heart rate was like 154 or something yeah really, something really ridiculous low. yeah um but he has he has like three times as much blood volume as the normal individual and it also comes down to that like if you're more chronically adapt more chronically trained well Heart rate is only one measurement of, of cardiac output, right? Yep. We don't know, all we care about is how much blood are you circulating in a minute. Well, it's heart rate and it's the amount of blood that your heart's beating every beat, which is your stroke volume. But the video you are, the higher your stroke volume is, so the lower that your heart rate should be. So it's interesting to see, like, you used at 220 miles your age or whatever it is. Well, your max heart rate is somewhat dynamic. It won't change hugely, yeah, but, but, but it could change five beats. Mm. If you're sick and you stop training for two weeks, your heart's gonna shrink, so what's gonna happen? Your heart rate's gonna go up because it mm. needs to beat more frequently to get the same amount of blood around because yeah. you've, you've detrained. Um, so it's quite a dynamic thing, which, which is, I mean, that's obviously why we recommend testing you know, quarterly or, or half yearly or whatever it is, depending on, on, on your training that you're doing, but uh, it is quite a dynamic value. Um, and then I guess the other thing is also with the math method, which is very, very, very popular, uh, and it is it is better than than just a, a flat number of two twenty minus your age. Yeah, it is only trying to find one heart rate zone. though. it's trying to find zone two. Low end, yeah, yeah, the, the low end. Um, so I've just got it up here. It's like one eighty minus minus your age, and then you you, you take off ten beats if you've had a, a chronic illness, um, or take off five if you're asthmatic, or if you've had two bouts of cold or flu for the mm. year, or if you've been training consistently for up to two years, just keep it as 180 minus age. And if you've been training for more than two years without any problems, no cold and flus, etc., uh, you can add on five. So that's a little bit better in the sense that it's 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 trying to adjust to an individual's circumstances. Yeah, it's better than just one flat rule for everyone, like a 220 minus your age and just follow it. It's, it is providing that adjustment, but still, it's still quite, I mean, we're going in blocks of either adding or taking five or adding or taking ten. Exactly right. Um, yeah. It's still quite a broad range to be working with. And also at the end of the day, this is just one zone. This is your mm. zone two. It's not telling you what your threshold should be. It's not even telling you what your max heart rate should be. So yeah. um, I guess what we wanted to talk about today is through lab and field testing, both of them, how we can change generic to being more individualised. So I think from a field testing perspective, um, are there any off the top of your head that you would, I've got one in my, it's not standardized practice, but yeah. what, what you would recommend somebody to do to find their true max heart rate? I'd probably say the one, the one that I've been using at the moment, we have been doing lab testing is a 2K time trial. Yep. Because a 2K time trial is like probably out of all the time trial distances, I don't know the name of the exact study, but I was reading it through my uni work the other day, it's like 2K time trial compared to a 1500, compared to a 3K, all the different variants of distance had the best relationship with VO2 max. So that's going to give us probably the best indication of pacing, but then you're probably going to get to a pretty maximal heart rate in a 2K time trial anyway. Like yeah. You're pushing on the limit. You've got yep. probably not much more to give. So that would, be, that would be just a really easy way that then aligns with a lot of the other stuff that we're looking for as well. So you're kind of getting best bang for buck in a 2K yeah. time trial. Um, outside of that, like really you can, and we've spoken before so offline about different ways we could standardise te- like, or field type testing. There isn't necessarily a right or wrong. You basically just, like any way you can get yourself going as hard and as fast as you can, essentially. Yeah. Um, it's, and as long as you've got enough time for your heart rate to get up, obviously we've got that, that yeah. delay period yep. and a bit of oxygen deficit where heart rate's still coming up. But as long as you can go hard and as fast as you can, you could probably do something like a four-minute flat-out effort or you could do like a six-minute run 
Um, there's a number of different variances, but I just like the 2K because it's quite, like, there's already a lot of data on it and it has that good relationship with what we can get in here from a VO2 max perspective as well. Yeah, and I guess with the 2K, you, you sort of, as you said, you, you're killing multiple birds with a yeah. single stone. It's not just your, your heart rate, you're also probably finding um, velocity VO2 max, max. Yeah, yep. velocity VO2 max, even velocity at threshold, you could take on yep. a couple percent and that sort of stuff. So you're getting a bit more, more information. If you just wanted to, you, you might be watching this and say, hey, I just want to know what my max heart rate is so then I can use this percentage of max heart rate I found yep. on the internet to, to get my zone. Yeah, still, still better than totally generic, than nothing, so yep. be it. Um, generally speaking, about eight to 12 minutes for most people is, is sort of that, that ideal time frame. Like if we just did a VO2 max test, no lactate, we'd yep. want it to last eight to eight 12. To Less than eight, well, your acute response is your heart rate, your ventilation, all that stuff is still increasing. You, you yep. can't just go and do a, a two minute flat out effort from a total rest and expect to hit a maximum Correct. heart rate. Correct. And then 12 is sort of that top end just due to other things like thermoregulation, you, you increase the core body temperature. You don't want to cause fatigue through either being um, flooded full of lactic acid for a prolonged period of time or um, starting to increase that core body temperature to a fatiguing level. So eight to 12 is sort of that sweet spot. And what you do is, is, is essentially just start easy and build up the intensity, whether you're doing that on a treadmill and you're going up 1K every yep. every minute or every two minutes or whatever it is, or you're just outside and you're just building up into a tempo. Into Basically by the eight minute, you should be well above threshold, you should be going pretty, pretty hard. Um, and, and always sprinting by the 10th or 11th minute to make sure you don't last more than 12 and take a look at your maximum heart rate and that, that, that's your true value. So mm. you can still, uh, from a field testing perspective, the key is to, for your heart rate training zones, actually find your maximum heart rate. Don't get too stressed about it, like just somewhere eight, 12 minutes, whatever it is, yep. find a true value for you rather than just saying 220 minus your age. You're all fit enough to go out and do a, do a field test yourself, it's pretty easy to do. Yep. And then you can use some generic equations from that in terms of percentage of max heart rates and all that. Yep. But my point is that you're actually starting from a, an individual point. You're not going 220 minus 40, if you're a 40 year old to do 180, you're going, hey, I actually, I'm a 40 year old, I actually got to 198. Well, all right, now use that 198 and do percentages of that as opposed to percentages from some generic equation. Yep. So um, really key point, really easy point for anybody to do, whether you're coming for lab testing or not, is just to, to go out and find your true max heart rate mm. through getting it up there. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, it doesn't take too long. Like you can do like a ramp ramp top test like we would do in here. You could, if you've got a treadmill, like I said, just progressively just increase it bit by bit for eight to 12 minutes until you getting to a speed where you're just hammering it, can't do too much more. It's gonna give you a pretty clear indication of what your max heart rate is. And then same, like if you're doing a 2K time trial, it's just a single flat out effort. You're not necessarily picking up speed, but if you're doing one of those shorter efforts where you're doing a more time trial style and you're yeah. just going flat out, just warm up prior, don't go straight into it, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But it's the type of thing, there's so many different ways you can find it. But by doing one of those simple tests, like we said, it's already giving you that step up on just picking a 180 minus age or you're picking 220 yep. minus your age or one of these formulas. It's it's at least giving you a much better starting point relative to you. Yeah, that's right. It's a continuum. You've got the generic and you've got the full lab testing. At the moment, we're talking about something Somewhere in the between. middle, which is a whole lot better than just the generic stuff. Yep. And then you've got the top end stuff that you, know, yep. you can do through lab testing. The other thing is also triathletes or, or multi-sport multi athletes is that your max heart rate almost always will not be the same on the run versus the bike. bike yep. Generally a little bit lower on the bike, seven beats is sort of the average that I see, but yep. again, some people might be a little bit higher, some but people it, 10, it is, five, that's yeah. right, it is a different number. So if you use 220 minus your age, you might be um, you know, underestimating your, your run, but overestimating your bike, and that's gonna have some effects when you talk about the, the zones that you get from that. Yeah. Um, awesome, I, I guess probably the next thing to do, so that's the, that's the field testing stuff, the lab testing stuff is, is what we do here, um, whether that be, uh, do you want to go through our quick, very quickly, everyone's pretty familiar with our five zone system. Yep. Um, and then maybe we'll talk about some variations. 
from that? Yeah, so we have our we have our five zone system where essentially I'll probably go top down because we're talking about max heart rate. Re- yep. Really, everything I guess flows on from where VO two max is, and that's the main reason why we get get you in on the on the treadmill or the bike and hook you up to the mask and, and measure it. Because we're looking for VO two max, and that's where we're going to get our maximum heart rate as well. So um, based on that, where VO two max is is what we call our top end of our zone zone four. Um, between threshold and, and VO2 max is our zone four, above VO2 max is our zone five. So zone five is more, we term it anaerobic. We know there's still a large amount of aerobic mm. contribution, but that's where you're gonna be doing your, your sort of 15 second on or 30 second type efforts at 110% of VO2 max, really sort of like short, sharp type sessions. Our between threshold and VO2 max, that zone four is more your, your longer type type intervals. So our 95% of VO2 max, VO2 intervals that we, we have a lot of guys do where you, you go three minutes on, three minutes off, two minutes on, two minutes off, that type of stuff is at the upper end of zone four. Um, low zone four, though, might be just some just above threshold efforts. So maybe if you're, you're trying to peak and do a couple of 1K repeats just above threshold, some 800s, 400 type repeats, things like that. Um, zone three is really encompassing everything threshold down to your long, slow running. So it's your tempo type stuff. It's your sub-threshold, if you want to call it that. It's your, where your FTP is or your, your threshold pace is. That's all our zone three, um, so that sits in the middle. Um, obviously, from a lab perspective, we're using blood lactate data to identify where lactate threshold is and, and that FTP point is, so that gives us another measure to then pinpoint where your heart rate uh, for threshold is going to be for, for bike or run. Below our zone three, we then have our zone two, which is all our endurance stuff. So whether we're doing easy endurance or a, what you might want to call a solid endurance session, it's, again, it's all coupled into one. Um, but this is everything less than, when we're looking at blood lactate data again, less than typically two and a half millimoles. And it's the type of training where you just, you're just going out to accumulate a bit of volume, accumulate some Ks into legs and, and build the aerobic engine that way. You're not necessarily trying to push it too hard. It's just turn the legs over, getting some endurance in. Um, and then anything less than 56% of VO2 max, we have as our active recovery. Because uh, below that, we're not really getting much of a stimulus from an aerobic benefit. It's just more there to sort of flush the legs out. So... For most people, that's that's going to be a fairly low heart rate anyway. Um, but there, from top down, there are five zones. So we keep it pretty simple. You know, mm. Some of the things I've just talked through there, you might, as I mentioned, like solid endurance versus low endurance. Sometimes those are split into two zones or tempo and threshold are split into yep. two or even I've seen tempo, sub-threshold, threshold, super threshold, like yep. five, zone four, A, B, C, things like that. Yep. Five zones kept it simple, um, but it all sort of stems, I guess, a bit sort of top down, but we're using specific points and some other data, our oxygen uh, consumption data, what our lactate's doing, what our ventilation is doing in particular in terms of when our air intake starts to rapidly increase to then have a look at where are these zones actually falling. I think the key with, with training zones, whether it's through through lab or field testing, is is just knowing what that the uh, what the goal of that zone is. Yeah, what are you trying to achieve by doing a session in that zone? I still remember I had a, had a guy have a, a good spray at me because he, he didn't have confidence in the Mets philosophy if we do it a five zone, zone method system. instead of a seven zone system, and That's I was good. just shaking my head because we could easily do a seven zone system. Like, just split the zones. The way it is right now, we have yeah. active recovery. That's very clear. You're just trying to recover. We have yeah. zone two endurance. We're trying to build aerobic capacity, the ability to complete a distance using oxygen. We then have zone three which is our threshold so we're trying to improve your functional threshold power or pace vo2 max we're trying to improve your vo2 max your road power and anaerobic is, is above that we could easily split zone three into tempo and threshold yep. threshold is to improve your threshold and tempo is more a race specific intensity 
uh, comfortably hard pace grey zone, whatever you yep. want to call it. And we could easily split anaerobic into uh, anaerobic and even neuromuscular. And neuromuscular yep. is just a flat out effort. Yep. And anaerobic is more of a of a, a cardiovascular adaptation. So I guess what I'm saying is we, we could do that if you want to come in and say these are these are the information that we want. What it's easy to do it. We can measure it. Um, we keep it simple as a as a baseline, and we can we can go from there. But I just found it interesting that it's like, oh, mm. this is the method that, that we have to use, and if you don't do that, then that's a that's a, a rubbish. And yeah. I, was, I was just shaking my head. What? Yeah, and, and that's the thing as well. We have a lot of guys, and it's a really common one. They come in and do their test, and they go, well, how do I actually put this into my Garmin? Because Garmin, I think, shows up a seven zone system. I think from memory, and Garmin I think it's or five. six. Oh, it depends. It's, I've yeah. seen a five in Garmin. Yeah. You, you, I think you can change it a bit, but sometimes it doesn't quite align, and that's where, yeah, it's just a process of going, well, we're just matching up. Like, physiology in humans is is going to be is reasonably consistent in the in the fact that if I have a seven-zone system or a five-zone system or a nine-zone system, it's all meaning the same thing. It's just how you want to determine those, like, how do you want to define those zones? And again, what's the goal of using maybe seven zones? Like, are you just then going, all right, we're just being very specific between, what's the difference between tempo and threshold? Because they are two quite different sessions. If you're sitting at, at threshold, are you doing more of that sort of long stuff at tempo? But if you want to split them, that's fine. But when we talk about a zone three, we're encompassing all of that. If we can get that connection, if you understand that connection, you can use whichever zone system you like, essentially. Because we're just targeting an adaptation or we're targeting a specific response from training rather than, well, you don't use a seven zone methodology, so it doesn't work. It's like, well, we're just talking about it. In a, it's almost like talking about it in a different language. Like, it's yep. it's the same thing. It means the same thing. You, it's just, we just got to find the connection between what you're trying to achieve. So, yeah. You know, that's right. And I think, I think in terms of field testing, if people just go out to find their max heart rate, um, do your research on the different zones out there because there are yep. three, five, six, seven, nine, eleven zone There's systems 11, out yeah. there. Um, and just figure out what they're, if it's heart rate, I, you wouldn't use an 11 zone heart rate. I'd be surprised if you use an 11 zone heart rate mm. system because most of it's going to be neuromuscular stuff, Correct. 5ABC, whatever. But um, find your true max heart rate and then do the research on why is one method saying that threshold's at 85% max heart rate versus the other one saying it's 77%, yep. so on and so forth. And just do your research on that. At the end of the day, you know. It's that continuum. Lab testing, sure. We don't use percentages. We tell you, we look at blood lactate, we look at 100% VO2 max, all that sort of stuff. Generic um, can be good. So generic's not good. Individualized generic could be good. Adapted generic, yeah. Adapted generic, we'll call it that. Um, but always always ask why, always know exactly what you're, what you're trying to yeah. achieve. Like your zone has a specific purpose. So find out your true max heart rate and then find out what that zone is supposed to do and play around with it. Don't be afraid to say, oh, I'm gonna add on five beats here because mm. it's supposed to be a three out of 10 RPE and it turns out it's a one because it's really, really easy, so on and yeah. so forth. So yeah. uh, is there anything to add on that or can I sort of do a bit of a summary? No, I think that's, I think that's probably it. Again, it's just like some data is better than nothing. I think it's probably the, the yep. key the key point you don't have to go over the top but understanding what you're then going to do with it is the is the big one at the back end it's the thing we always we always talk about is if you don't really know it's all very well to measure your max heart rate whether it's coming in here or doing a field test or yep. whatever but if you then don't understand how you're applying it um it's it's just a number then yeah it doesn't have any power to you in training so so I think these are the practical takeaways for you guys at home. One is forget generic. You're all good enough that you can go find an actual maximum value, max heart rate. So go out and do your t do a field-based test. That's fine. Go do a field-based test, you know, eight to 12 minutes, ramp it up. You should be going pretty much flat out by the eight to 10 minute mark. What is your highest, what is the highest attainable heart rate you get there? And then 
choose a formula that you find on the internet that you seem to be, that works for you and it might take a bit of playing around. Um, that is definitely key, forget the generic, find your actual max heart rate. Uh, and obviously if you are in Victoria or you're serious about your training, then just come and see us, we'll do yeah. it for you. Yeah. Uh, we'll do the lab testing where we are measuring the oxygen consumption, we are measuring your lactate. Uh, we can tailor those zones based on what you've seen. Like you say, I want to have a neuromuscular power zone, no worries, we get to do a, do a quick five second sprint on the bike. Yeah. It's, it's as simple as that. Um, but really the key is just get rid of that generic stuff. Do not use equations. You, it's so easy to go out and do it yourself, unless you're chronically ill and you can't go do it. I imagine everyone watching this is health, a generally healthy individual. Mm. Go and find your max heart rate, go find your max power, go find your max pace, whatever it is, yep. and use percentages of that. As I said, all, all come in and see us. Um, we are open soon. 22nd of June is our official relaunch date. So um, please come and see us. Uh, we are going to reopen our unlimited testing subscription uh, for a short time. Uh, which is basically the best value for money you're going to find in terms of, of testing, whether it be VO2 max testing, skin vault testing, hemoglobin testing, consulting, sweat testing, sweat testing all that sort of stuff, yeah. hydration plan, so on and so forth. We'll put a link in the bio somewhere below. Um, you're not going to find a better price than that. So if you are interested in this, uh, that's the one to go to. Any questions, please let us know. Otherwise, we'll see you on the next podcast.